Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thanks. I'll tell you a few things about my week. Uh, I've had a few good social interactions this week. Oh, you have? That I'm quite happy about. All right. And they're, all, they're quite varied as well, so it was really nice. So I had uh, I had a three-person dinner a few days ago. It was like Thursday or something? Yeah, on Thursday. Three-person dinner. Um, kind of intimate sort of dinner with a couple of lads where, yeah, I feel like we're all really connected and bonded. And I think, I think the three-person dynamic was actually really good for that because, yeah, I think if there were four people, it would have been slightly different. I think the main, so I think one one of the main differences in group sizes, when it, especially in groups of guys, is that the more the more people there are, the more it beca- <laughs> the more there's a tendency for it to become this kind of <laughs> banter one-upmanship. Yeah, contest, ba- banter yeah. one-upmanship contest. It's Absolutely, like, yeah, yeah, the, taking the piss out of each other kind of contest. Mm. Which look, I love. It's so much fun. It's like really fun. Uh, but it's a di- it's definitely a different kind of dynamic. So like when there's when there's three people, for example, there is a bit of like taking the piss out of each other. But it would be out of place for it to be like a constant thing. You know, whereas when there's like a bigger group of people, like a big value, a big part of the value in it is just like the, the sort of taking taking the piss out of each yeah, other. Yeah, absolutely. Where like almost every other sentence is met with some sort of quip from yeah, 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 yeah. And there are enough people in the group that it's kind of spreads out. Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing. It's amazing. So I think the three pe- the three person dialogue was good. It is sort of really intimate, and I I think we uh, uh I think we all yeah I think we all had a, a really nice time, and it would, would have definitely been a different kind of vibe if uh, if there were more people. So that, that was one. Sounds almost like an inner ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the other one was last night i uh i went to the, the theater you went to the theater yeah as in the, like the west end theater uh it was in chelsea so i don't know if that counts as Damn, west end that's so cultured yeah mate and it, it was like uh it was a play about uh i guess sort of racial and sort of class identities in the uk um it was really good uh really kind of intense emotional kind of play uh and it was really good and i was with a group of about eight or nine people only uh, maybe like two or three of whom i knew before and the rest i hadn't met before and then after the theater we all got sort of uh we all got dessert we got ice cream um and then we just like hung out for like i don't know three hours or something at this After ice cream place yeah, yeah, like yeah eight nine people uh yeah one or two people kind of uh you know they didn't make it but <laughs> then you know they left but yeah it was just great vibes uh i think if it if, if it had just been a dinner it would have been different because like i i don't know what the experience was like for the other people but i didn't know but i didn't know most of them and so having like the theater beforehand as the kind of shared activity to bring you together and to kind of get everyone into some kind of uh shared headspace and then the dessert afterwards kind of meant that well, whereas if it, if it was just like dinner with 10 people and you know, you know yeah, a bunch of them didn't if, know it feels somewhat formal then yeah I feel and you're sort of formal. stuck talking to the people in your immediate vicinity yeah 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 and okay so I think I think the theatre beforehand was really good I think I've advocated for doing an activity and then doing a meal uh, in social gathering I think I've advocated for that before the other nice thing was uh, it, you know it was a similar kind. after a while it was a similar kind of group vibe. so I think here's how it plays out and I've, see, I've seen a similar pattern play out in groups in general where at the start you know at the start it's like everyone talking in their own little groups like you talk to the person opposite you maybe the two people next to you and there's maybe like three of these little sort of groups going on um and then so towards the end it, it all kind of merges into one and it and it's at, at near the end it sort of becomes a thing where it's like one person talking at a time everyone else listening really
really intently and then you kind of you know have have like a discussion and then like someone else talking at one time and like everyone is in the same space and like i don't know there's just something really do you know do you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah there's something like really special about that when like you you kind of go from like smaller subgroups to everyone coming together as one group and you're all having the same discussion and like yeah it's just great vibes man so I think that's that's why I love kind of uh, after party like yeah, after, it, party after party chills vibes. so much. That, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Because like at dinner, at sort of like some ball or some event or something, you're, you're going to be chatting with the, with the people immediately around you, yeah. and then everyone kind of goes together to the after party where it's sort of it's a bit more laid back. Yeah, you're chilling yeah, on the yeah. couch. They, the couches are brought together in such a way that there are about ten people in the group, and yeah. it becomes like a sort of group conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So that that was that was super nice. Look, I'm, this is really self and I'm just going to talk about myself for a while. I I was also quite happy. <laughs> because I think I've made progress in this area. So I think maybe like a year ago, if I was in a similar situation where, you know, a group of 10 people or something, most of whom I don't know, I think I would have felt a pressure to perform and a pressure to make the other people like me. Whereas this time, I just didn't didn't did, didn't care is the wrong word because that almost seems like a negative thing, but I didn't feel any pressure to like perform or make the people like me. And so it was just so much more chill. Whereas previously, that same kind of setting would have been a lot more like intense and overthinky for me. Um, so that was really nice. I think I, I just enjoyed it a lot more because I was just like chill. And I, I yeah, I didn't care if I was like the funniest person on the table or like, you know, wh- whatever, right? So what you're saying is that the last six months of doing this podcast have helped you to, helped you to not overthink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, to be honest, I think it's more, I think it's just more like, it's just about iteration, you know? Like it hasn't really, the, the podcast hasn't really helped here. But I think once you once you put yourself in this kind of situation, I don't know, like five times over the period of a, a month or two, then it's just like, you know, you notice things and then you actually do 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 it again quickly enough for you to act on those things. Oh, like a short feedback loop. Yeah, it's, it's like a shorter feedback loop. Whereas if it's, you know, f- for example, if someone if someone struggles in like, I don't know, big group settings, like, I don't know, if someone struggles with like big party settings where there's lots of people and they do it like once a year because they're kind of reluctant to do it. Every time they do it, it's like, oh man, this is really uncomfortable. And then afterwards you'll have some thoughts and stuff, but the next time you do it won't be until like a year later. And so you won't really be able to make progress there. I think like, yeah, I think just repetition is good. <laughs> okay, so kind of on a similar note, I've had two uh, social interactions of note this week as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an, it's been an uh, incredibly, uh, uh, what's the word, like uh, intense week from a, a, a social vibe. But I, so like on, on Wednesday evening, I was at uh, a Christmas party type thing uh, at one of the colleges uh, at Cambridge where I do the, the supervisions. And yeah. like I was, you know, easily the youngest person there, the only non-white person there, but that, you know, that's like an irrelevant thing. And it, it, like, it kind of started off as this sort of jazz, sort of an hour of jazz performances where there was this quartet of like, old old men and one lady kind of playing various like instruments you know french horns yeah uh, trombones i think that's an instrument probably trumpet, trumpet is a thing isn't it yeah yeah um but they were all instruments from like the 1800s and they were like okay so um the instrument i'm now playing is you know a, a stradivarius from 1846 <laughs> probably not a stradivarius because he made violins or something yeah yeah uh, and they were they would sort of chat a bit about their instruments and talk about the um dynamics of the instrument and the timbre it creates and then play yeah. a piece um so it was you know that kind of vibe and then there was this like buffet dinner and, and things afterwards and um, I thought that was that was really interesting because there were loads of different kind of groups of people who were all related to the college in some way. Most of them were fellows of the college or, or supervisors, which is why I got the invite. Um, and when we kind of got the medic group together, like, you know, the supervisor doing the medicine stuff, like there was a huge age range. Like there was me at 25. Then there was the other guy who was 30, a 35 year old, and then sort of 50. And then like sort of a, a guy and a lady in, in their like 70s or like, like mid 70s. Yeah. So it was like this huge breadth of 
of experience. And that's an environment that I, I have almost never been in before, where sort of you're in this group of five people with such a wide age range, with such a wide kind of breadth of experience. And I did I did feel in a way that need to perform. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Because And I felt like I wasn't adding much to the conversation because I felt like, you know, a big part of me was like, I don't I don't have anything to contribute. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. And so um, at one point I did the classic thing of, you know, asking them from for like careers advice, given oh, okay. that they were all, you know, several years ahead of me and, and could advise on that front. Um, but the, the conversation itself wasn't anything particularly fancy. Like they were talking about music. They were talking about, you know, what instruments do you play? Uh, you know, what what position in the choir do you sing in, in church on the weekend? Sounds pretty fancy <laughs> to me, mate. <laughs> And those were topics of conversation that I could have joined in on. Like one of the guys in the group was a tenor. And, you know, I, I'm very jealous of tenors because there's like male male singers with a slightly higher yeah, voice so you can sing yeah. pop songs. And had it been a, any other group, I would have chimed in with like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. But I, f I felt that resistance really? thinking that that wouldn't be enough of a value add to that particular group. Uh -huh. And so I was kind of thinking of this as the evening was going on that like, why am I feeling the sense of I need to, I need to perform? Yeah. This like lack, lack of comfort. And then the following day, I was at this other Christmas party um, with some people that like broadly I'd never met before but I was like super 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 comfortable there like it was like they were sort of my age plus or minus about five years so kind of much closer yeah. it was more of a sit down thing where you're sitting down over dinner and just kind of chatting but I felt so comfortable and like I was able to kind of make jokes and things and I was thinking that this is absolutely not the feeling that I had in, the, in this previous event yeah. and so I've kind of been thinking this this week like I wonder what the actual difference is between those two um, I wonder as well if there was an element of it whereby like most of the people at the second dinner were ethnic minorities to some, some degree there was like one white guy there out yeah. of like a group of six or seven sort of non-white people yeah whereas in the other group it was the other way around and I, I wonder if that has subconsciously played a role in kind of my my feelings of comfort about this that's interesting i guess the age thing is there as well like if you're yeah. if like everyone's like super old but then i was thinking if this if the second dinner had been sort of with you know the white football lads <laughs> yeah and in the same age group i would yeah. have i probably would have felt equally uncomfortable oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah so i don't know what it is and this is something that i'm really trying to work through yeah i don't want to have this difference in comfort between talking to a white person and talking to a non-white person yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just ridiculous yeah yeah. Um, yeah. No, this this is. Uh, I mean, yeah. This this kind of stuff is exactly what the play was about last night. Um, and actually, so. Yeah, I think I, I think I know what you mean. And so, like the group of people I was with last night after this play, where they were all sort of uh, yeah, ethnic minorities of various sorts. There was, I think there was one white person, um, but broadly like ethnic minorities. And uh, yeah, I think there I think there is a difference. And I think uh, I don't know actually. I, I don't know where I stand on this. I feel like it's just people with similar backgrounds. I feel more comfortable with, and th that can be sort of similar along different dimensions, right? So if it's you know if it's a group of like white people, but they they all did maths. Oh something. yeah, then you'd be super, then it's super, like super comfortable. This is my jam, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're your tribe, yeah. My tribe. Uh, or if it's like uh, you know a group of sort of you know ethnic minorities and they didn't necessarily do maths, I'm I'm still I'm I'm probably more comfortable with them because we still have that thing in common. And you know if they're older, if there's like a significant age difference, that kind of increases the dis. I, I feel like it's just like differences kind of increase the discomfort in general. And a very obvious one that often yeah that you often find yourself in is like sort of the, the racial difference. You know, groups of sort of white folk versus you know, more mixed yeah, versus guess, more minority. I, I guess like race differences and age differences are the one that's immediately obvious. Yeah. Whereas sort of differences in background and differences in kind of hobbies and stuff like that. Yeah. Is, is, is not immediately apparent. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. Like, I don't like that I have different levels of comfort in different groups. And I, yeah, I think I think it's just about iteration cycles, man. You've got to go to like five more Christmas parties next week and then you'll have cracked it. You'll have like understood what's going on. <laughs> man, right, I need to get invited to five more Christmas parties next week. <laughs> right, if, if anyone's throwing a Christmas party, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if any white people... <laughs> 
then do reach out hi like uh, invitations at notoverthinking.com we'll set up a separate inbox for that if you want to invite us to low optionality social events yeah anyway uh wait no no i have a couple of more okay. social things mate this has been a cracking week for me okay. so for the first for monday to wednesday of this week i was actually in berlin in germany oh how was that um, yeah. it was good we were uh, we were lucas and i were there to meet one of our investors slash advisors for a couple of days to kind of work with him on some stuff uh that that itself was interesting because i'd never really had that kind of I don't know. I guess professionally, I've like collaborated with people like Lucas, you know, people my age where we're doing this thing. The, here we were sort of collaborating with this sort of outside guy who's a bit older, a bit older, but still like you know, early 30s kind of thing. What do you mean collaborating with? Like, ooh. like we were saying, like, for example, like Lucas managed to hustle us a nice sort of conference room in some office building that like one of his family friends works in. Okay. <laughs> and so Lucas and I and this advisor fellow just sitting in a conference room all day for two days. And like, just chatting or like sitting around the same computer screen like uh, yeah sitting around the computer screen you know talking about i won't go into the work details because it's really not that interesting for for most people but just kind of collaborating so that itself was interesting um it was also interesting because this was the first time i'd really spent any amount of time with someone who is very strictly jewish and so this guy oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> that's not where I, I, I thought this was going <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy was like uh you know keeps very strictly kosher and i i never really understood i never really was aware of just how difficult and strict that is so he, he actually like brought with with him a bunch of essentially cereal bars and pot noodles so that as like a last resort if there's no kosher food available he could just eat those and for a lot of it he was just eating those like he had he had a bunch of cereal bars for lunch on the first day we, we went out to like a kosher restaurant uh i think on the final night or something um but yeah it's just really hard i i, I thought I thought we have it bad with the whole halal food thing this is another level <laughs> uh, so that that was interesting but uh, so that, that was one interesting kind of social interaction from berlin the other one was one of my friends from my north korea trip that i did uh, almost two years ago now she happened to be in she. berlin hey, very good <laughs> she happened to be in berlin that week as well and so we met up i think on like tuesday night or something uh and we sort of went to one of these christmas markets um it's, it's i think one of these german Christ it, it, it's a bit like winter wonderland but less trashy <laughs> yeah, fine I've, I've never been to winter wonderland so i wouldn't know yeah i don't know i'm not a huge fan of winter wonderland but essentially like the stalls for food and drink and there's like a ferris wheel and there's like an ice ring so oh okay that yeah. sort of stuff yeah that sort of stuff so that that was sort of more of a one-on-one one interaction kind of catching up with someone who you have I don't know, we probably lost with each other about a year ago or something um so that was just a, yeah i feel like i've had a very nice varied week of social interactions on different like group sizes and stuff <laughs> it's been uh, it's been really enriching <laughs> do you feel like this would be a formula for like a like a long-term formula like trying to actively arrange different social interactions of different group sizes in the evenings for example i think so yeah i think it's worth bearing bearing in mind because like it is a completely different vibe and like different things come up and you know you talk about different kinds of things and and you kind of you look you fundamentally you connect in different ways and i think that's valuable like yeah and so th this week it was cool because i had like a one-on-one you know three three person dinner and then like you know 10 person thing and it was all really nice oh that's really nice to hear yeah uh and so related to this the topic i wanted to discuss this week i feel like we've been talking about that stuff for for, for a while is it actually recording can we just make sure of that uh we are recording i think and uh, it's been about 18 minutes of oh, nice. chatter <laughs> <laughs> which is 
kind of odd because like a lot of the advice about podcasting on the internet is like you know like we get it don't be straight white guys preambling for ages yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like actually get into the meat of the topic but oh well it's fine i feel like this podcast is really just preamble there is just preamble <laughs> i don't know yeah, that's pretty much it yeah um which so, tweet storm are we discussing this week <laughs> nah <laughs> we did we had some feedback about that about the tweet storm oh we did some people yeah it got me all some people seem to like it um so maybe we can use that as a format okay uh, when we are. anyway the, the thing i wanted to discuss this week and something i've been thinking about is sort of the the etiquette and the way of thinking about messaging people oh mate mate <laughs> so i i've i think for the past year or so i have been awful at messaging uh and i i was trying to figure out why last night on the way to this social gathering i was trying to figure out why um, <laughs> why am i bad at messaging why am i bad at messaging and by bad at messaging i mean i, I think i'm i'm bad at messaging in certain contexts and so for example okay, by messaging i mean like messaging online so messenger whatsapp whatever hmm. i think with close friends and and with group chats, I'm pr- I'm I'm pretty good and pretty responsive and pretty active. You know, I'm always like sending memes in various group chats that we're both part of. Most people don't really appreciate them enough, I think. Um, but I you know I keep that up fairly easily. Uh, and and in like one-on-one sort of DMs with close friends uh, or people I know quite well, it's fine as well. Uh, and whenever I'm whenever for ex- for example whenever I'm sending a meme in one of the group chats or whenever I'm like posting something on Twitter, I always think, man, there's like five people I haven't responded to on WhatsApp. Like why? why am i posting another meme that's gonna go unappreciated in this group chat instead of responding to those people Mm. um and i think the difference comes down to the fact that okay let's just talk about close friends to start off with i think with close friends there's a mutual understanding of the way you message each other there's a mutual understanding of like you know how how what your messaging relationship is like and so i have close friends with whom it's like you know we only really dm each other to arrange to meet up or something or if there's like a question and it's very easy because because it's, it's usually like a one-line response. Mm. You don't have to think about it. With other people, it's more of a long-form thing where like, you know, we're close friends or whatever and we'll like message each other a bunch of paragraphs and then there's like no time pressure for the other person to reply and then the other person will reply with a bunch of paragraphs and it's fine. Like there's a mutual understanding of like, that's how we message. But I think with people I know less well, like people I've like recently met or something or don't really know as well, if they message me, then I think I find it very mentally and emotionally taxing because there's no mutual understanding. And so there's a lot to think about. There's like, okay, they've messaged me this thing. Uh, I mean, ostensibly, the thing is very easy to action, you know, send you something interesting to check out or, you know, ask you some question. Um, And so like on the face of it, it's like, you know, it's very easy to deal with. However, I think there's a lot more to think about because it's like, if they say, if someone you recently met send you like an interesting thing, then it's like, oh, okay, um, I should read, I, sh- I should actually put in the time to read yeah. this thing and write a think response. about it and then yeah, <laughs> act, do it properly. Yeah, think about it, write a response. Uh, and Which then, by like, that point is so much mental overhead yeah, that you yeah. might as well just tweet that meme and then kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> wipe when you're on the toilet, for example. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's also like, it's the, the thing that really gets me is when I'm not sure if there's an expectation of like, reciprocity in the moment like if someone asks me some question or whatever and like we haven't caught up in a while is it I, i'm like ah, it feels kind of rude to just answer the question and not yeah, be like, like how's things so, with you btw yeah, <laughs> uh yeah like what's, what's going on we haven't hung out in a while or something you know that kind of thing and so there's this there's just a lot to think about and so when i you know if i scroll through whatsapp and i see a few of those kind of unresponded messages just like oh no <laughs> and then like the longer you wait the, the like worse it becomes yeah, like, like, oh my god i'm so sorry i've just seen this <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 really bad, and I'm not sure what the best way to deal with it is because I think these I think the like the mental and emotional emotional tax is valid. Like these are things you sh- you should think about, right? What do you think? 
So I, I've thought about this a fair bit and the interim conclusion I've come to is that I'm just generally a, a, a messaging minimalist ah. in that I feel like messaging outside of like a group chat where there is discussion going on amongst people that you don't see very often, like, you know, our school friends, for example. Yeah. Uh, outside of that context, I tend to be sort of only messaging for the purposes of asking or answering questions or, 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 or arranging physical meetups. Yeah. Um, I don't have many friends who kind of fall outside of that category, except maybe, you know, I've got, I've got a friend in Scotland and occasionally he'll comment on the podcast and I'd send a paragraph and reply and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But those, you know, I can count that those sorts of friends on, on one hand. Whereas I don't tend to meet a lot of people who we initiate this messaging sort of thing with. Right. So... I don't know. My policy has always been messaging is a suboptimal form of communication. Yeah. And given that I like to think I have things to do with, with my time other than, you know, talking to people in this suboptimal form, I would rather do those things rather than kind of go kind of go through the effort of having this one-on-one -on -one messaging relationship. Yeah. Um, the thing I, I like about group chats is that it's a nice, it's sort, of, sort of it's low commitment enough, but also high high measure and high impact enough. Yeah. That it, like, so, so, so like, I think I've commented on this before, like a lot of friendships, friendship groups that I'm part of have been formed by the by the mere fact that someone oh, has set yeah, up a WhatsApp yeah, group. Absolutely, absolutely. And then it's so easy to arrange meetups in that WhatsApp yeah. group because then there's no emotional overhead of like messaging individual people yeah. To, yeah. to invite them and then they reply different things. Which is why I think kind of like small WhatsApp group sizes are ideal. So I think three three man WhatsApp groups are amazing. I think sort of four and five and six man is amazing. Kind of look any bigger than that, and you start getting into okay, like either we invite everyone in the group to this or only certain people. It, it starts to become a little bit more complicated. Um, but yeah, to answer your direct question, uh, <laughs> ironically, I think I'm a minimalist on the messaging front. But I'm I'm not sure to what extent I want to kind of change that. Yeah, but do you, I mean do you not like for example? I'm sure there are people who you you know you kind of see a few times a year or something mm. right maybe like you see a, uh, once every couple of months yeah and if one of them like you don't know each other super well if one of them messages you and is like you know just like hey how's it going or whatever or like sends you something or like asks you something do you not think like you know maybe it's worth trying to properly connect here or maybe maybe they want to try and properly connect or anything like that like are you not worried about it being a bit like rude or terse to just be like you know just answer the question and and call it a day i'm having a look through my whatsapp chats to see if i have any recent examples of this of this particular thing and i don't really like kind of it's just kind of scrolling through these whatsapp chats i really don't message people very much unless there is a kind of an actionable thing that needs doing or unless you know for example if i had a friend who was in a recent breakup then i'd be like all right you know let's yeah. put the time and effort into, right, into talking about this out, yeah <laughs> Um, but outside of that, but, but, but I feel like you probably come across far more new people in your life than I do. Like, you know, I, I have the same, the same people I work with for like a year at a time, given that I work in a hospital and, you know, things change every, or like on the year, every year. And then outside of that, I have the people that I see at home on, and, and on weekends, which is pretty much you, Mimi, and a few friends in real life. And then occasionally well, I'd meet up with like a random school friend once every few months. I, I don't really expose myself to that many new people to be able to form these sorts of relationships. And to the extent that I, that I have done, it's been mostly a case of answering the question and then arranging to meet up in person because I don't know I struggle enough to reply to the people that I all, I'm close to in real life and to keep up with <laughs> kind of people I'm messaging on Hinge for example <laughs> let alone trying to court friends who are already friends but not so close right. on the messaging like yeah. I'm really not a fan of messaging courting yeah, and in fact there is this one girl that I'm uh, been trying to arrange a meetup with via Hinge uh, who you know she messages and then I reply like literally like 36 hours later and then uh, you know I would reply
reply something like, hey, do you want to go out for our afternoon tea tomorrow? And then she'd reply like a day later being like, oh, you know, this has actually happened like uh, today. She replied saying, um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm busy th- uh, that day. By the way, I find your patchy texting to be very frustrating. I'm not a fan of last minute plans. Yeah. And I was like, look, man, sorry, if you want to me- if you want to message properly, then here's my number. Like we can chat on WhatsApp or iMessage. Yeah. Because, you know, the annoying thing about Hinge as well is that it's yet another app to keep track of, to keep track of yeah. the vast number of notifications that I clearly get on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when it's 15, 16 notifications, you just don't really know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, that's what I like. The there's this uh, hell yeah versus no thing that I've, I've I've been kind of doing a lot recently. Whereby yeah. unless I really 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 want to do something, then I, it's it's going to be a no. And yeah. the sorts of relationships that you're describing with people that you don't know very well, who are sort of maybe considering courting over messenger. I think from from my perspective, if I have no interest in getting to know that person better, then I will just kind of answer the question directly. Right. If I have some interest in getting to know them better, I'll answer the question directly and arrange a meetup. Be like, by the way, are you free at some point in the next few weeks? So yeah, we, we, yeah, we should yeah. grab dinner. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, answer, answer the direct question and leave it at that. Yeah, I think that's just a much better way to do it. I think the, the other thing about just answering the question is like, it sort of sets the right precedent. So for example, with your, with your hinge girl, for example, like if you set the precedent of like, you know, I'm going to reply one to one to three business days after you message me <laughs> then like equally in in their head it kind of it sort of sets that as well mm. whereas if you set the precedent of like you know we can just message like one-liners without thinking much about it like really quickly then that's the mode that they're going to operate into and so like it's almost like replying to sort of it's like email conversations right like if someone if you get an email and you reply instantly with a short reply chances are they will reply instantly with a short reply and you can actually get a lot done in a very short period of time however if you get an email you wait like two days to reply you know you write some like long ass thing then in their head it's going to be like oh okay this is you know for the for this other person this is like a two-day priority thing for them mm. and so I, I will also put it for lower down on my priority list and i will take up to two days to reply not not because you're playing any kind of bs games around playing hard to get or whatever just because you know people have priorities and like it, it kind of makes it makes sense to think about it that way so i think so this is exactly what tim ferris does but like actively so when so he talks about how when he replies to when he replies to emails he will often use the boomerang gmail extension to schedule the reply for a week's time or two weeks time or even months time because if you, because often like i don't know if this is the case with you but like if i if i get an email from like you know someone who watches my videos or something i don't want to say fan because fan sounds weird it does <laughs> if i get an email from someone who watches my videos or reads my email newsletter if i see it like if i see the notification i read the first few lines and i'm i'm free at that moment then i will immediately reply to it okay. and what i don't want this for them to, to then get the idea that this becomes a, a sort of direct messaging instant messenger type conversation oh, I where see. i will then immediately reply oh, to like any of their emails that. yeah okay. um because that's a putting too much of an expectation on as in it's it's giving them too much like false false expectations because realistically i won't be able to reply to the next thing because i'll likely be, be doing something um and our, our mutual uh, twitter follower <laughs> james clear tweeted about this he said lol uh if you email me i'll either reply in three seconds or in three months <laughs> and i was like oh my god that's so true <laughs> yeah um so i think there's a lot to be said for setting the expectations about this sort of thing okay um but it sounds like the way you're doing it is kind of based on based on the other person as opposed to just based on a blanket policy that you have to be a messaging minimalist yeah and i think having that policy might be better because yeah like if i scroll through my and look i i don't want this to be interpreted as me trying to signal like oh look how many people people i've got messaging me yeah yeah it's all right i'll probably win that one (laughs) (laughs) it's not that but like yeah just looking if i scroll back through like 
like WhatsApp. There are lots of people who I've met over the past, you know, a few months or whatever, and I like them and stuff, and it would be nice to kind of become friends, but... It's not a priority right now. Well, it's not a priority, but like, the other thing is, I just waste so much time. It's not like... <laughs> and this thought, like, permeates everything I do, where like, if I was operating at maximum efficiency, and I was like, look, man, I've got my priority list, I've got my company, <laughs> I've got, you know, my friends. Like, I was asleep every night, I go to the gym for two hours yeah, a day, yeah, yeah. you know. If I lived my life like that, I could perhaps forgive myself for like, you know, b- being a bit bad at replying to stuff. The fact of the matter is, I continue to waste <laughs> many, many hours. <laughs> <laughs> many hours a day. <laughs> You know, watching like, freaking YouTube. Watching David Dobrik on YouTube. Mate. David alongside David. finding a meme on Twitter, sending it to yeah. eight different group chats as like, if it's original content. I'm, I'm not operating at any reasonable level of efficiency. And so I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's just bad. Yeah, just ba- bad use of time by me to like not just reply to <laughs> Okay, no, but I think I'm just I'm just like chickening out of the the kind of mental work that sure. I need to do. But like the, the obvious solution here is, uh, or rather the obvious answer here is surely that it's just not a priority for you like you know my whole philosophy about time management is that at any given moment we are doing what we most want to be doing yeah you know if if someone offered you a million pounds every time you replied to someone on whatsapp you would jolly well you know find the time to reply to people on whatsapp but it's just not enough of a priority whereas you know if 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 some girl that you were sort of really into was messaging you on whatsapp you'd make the time to reply probably unless you were playing some sort of bs game about it kind of waiting twice as long as she waited for the last one okay so i think if you were to run the thought experiment that you know if this were you know, someone that you were interested in <laughs> romantically, yeah. would you reply? Yeah, you would. Okay, therefore your priorities for this sort of person are lower. And that's absolutely fine. Like there's, you don't have to feel like your life has to be 100% efficient, like efficiently making use of every moment in order to have a reasonable priority, uh, priority ladder about different different people and different events. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. But I, look, I know what you're saying about the whole like any point in time you're doing the thing that is actually your biggest priority. I think what that doesn't account for is the fact that your sort of long, uh, short-term design are very different to your long-term desires and so it is you know it's possible to say that like yeah i i wish instead of watching david dobrik vlogs while i'm doing a poo i replied to messages okay but do you actually wish that sorry do you actually wish that because if yeah. you if you actually wished it there's you know lots of things you can do to make it to make it happen yeah and i know and all i feel the like things. i feel <laughs> like you don't actually wish it because if you did you'd make it happen you know if i actually wished to have a six-pack i'd be going to the gym more often but you know i just don't really i also don't, really don't like want that it because like look i've thought about this 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 kind of dilemma for a while and look for example it is reasonable for someone to say i want to be in better shape you know you you can be sitting at home eating poorly not going to the gym and you could also say i want to be in better shape and all of those things are consistent with one another it is possible yeah it is possible to want to want something without acting on it yes (laughs) (laughs) okay basically so you're saying you want you actually want to message people yeah i'm all about the human connection and build these relationships rather than watching david dobrik vlogs on, on on the toilet yes so for example, why not do the classic thing of deleting YouTube and aligning your chakras that way? I've done that. <laughs> why not do the classic thing of, you know, installing some kind of VPN on your browser that blocks David Dobrik blogs on YouTube? <laughs> some kind of parental controls on the home Wi-Fi that blocks the, the word David and Dobrik in the same sentence. Yeah, the thing is, there are there are obvious things to yeah, be done. there are. And I think another obvious thing is to, you know, as, as we discussed a few weeks ago, kind of setting up this personal CRM, whereby you're kind of keeping track of these relationships and figuring out who you can, you know, like more 
treating your personal life like a business. Yeah. If this was your business, you certainly wouldn't be sort of, you know, uh, on the payroll and watching David Dobrik vlogs while you're supposed to be collaborating with some Jewish researcher in, in Brazil. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Berlin, rather. Not Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just need to swear. But I do, I do like the idea of just like having a personal policy of being a messaging minimalist and accepting whatever comes with that. That like, yeah, I'm sure there are people who I will end up connecting deeply with because of that. And that's, that's just how it has to be. Or, I mean, you could... One thing that I really want to want to implement at some point when I'm kind of kind of out of a full time job is this idea of never dining alone. Yeah, I've heard about this. Which is like a big thing. So I think it would be very feasible to, you know, practically every day of the week, go out for dinner with a different with a group of people or a different person or, you know, just like do something yeah. um, to get the social interaction. And when you have that many kind of free blocks in your calendar to hang out with people, at that point you can decide, you know what, I'm going to be messaging minimalist. I don't really like having long-ass conversations by messenger unless we have to or unless it directly fulfills a purpose. But I will be like, hey, you know, do you want to catch up next Tuesday? I mean, it's 7 p.m. I'm free. Yeah. And I think sort of hangouts in person are always better than hangouts over messenger absolutely yeah apart from i, I suppose in in the teenage years where you're sort of messaging someone until four in the morning but i think about who, who were you messaging until four in the morning in your teenage years? it was more like kind of like first second year of university oh, years okay, okay. Uh, i didn't have any kind of female friends in my, t- my teenage years of course <laughs> although even then when emerson messenger was a thing you know you know yeah you, you would have the right sort of conversation with like james Choi or something you'd be chatting about it but, until yeah. like <laughs> kind of fully breaking down why it is that that girl is really pretty and the other one isn't interested in you or something like that <laughs> And sort of formulating all the theories around it until literally half four in the morning. Yeah. You're like, right, we'll talk about this more in school in the next five hours. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, talking about your, your latest business venture and how it's going to change the world and yeah, how you're going to yeah. train uh, teenage uh, special agents to do lockpicking and hacking. You know, all the stuff yeah. that, that one does as a, as a teenager. Yeah. I think outside of that, I think outside of that, which isn't really a thing when you're an adult, I would think for most people, at least it's certainly not for me. Um, you know when you start valuing sleep and getting up early in the morning to go to work and all that yeah i think there's so little value in having a messaging relationship with someone compared to doing it in real life and there's so much more you could be doing with your time that is sort of my rationale for being a messaging minimalist yeah and i have like zero qualms about that yeah i back it i back it okay yeah i think i know what what needs to be done about the messaging thing what's that (laughs) i think just becoming a messaging minimalist and just like replying quickly to people and without thinking about it even if sometimes it might come across as like you know cold or whatever oh man right (laughs) i've I've got the whatsapp message that encapsulates this perfectly yeah this is a message from one of my medic friends uh from 24th of october 2019 okay uh and he's talking about he's he's of talking about a business thing like you know we're working on this project together and we need to submit it to some you know medical journal to get accepted okay i'm like all right cool let's do it and then his next thing is smiley face how's everything going on psychmate Oh, and I just left that on unread. I yeah. probably saw the notification at the time. Yeah, it was. It would have been so much effort to do the whole. Yeah. Oh, things are going great. So like something, 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 something. What about you? What placement yeah. are you on? And yeah. it creates this sort of artificial conversation. Whereas you know, I like this guy and everything, and we like have a, have great chats when we hang out. But I have no interest in having a messaging relationship with him. Yeah. Therefore, I'm just going to leave that. And he's not listening to this. But if he is, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about it. If that's you. <laughs> but you know, I like hanging out with him in real, real life. But I don't want. I don't want to have a messenger. It would, it would be really funny. It would be really funny if he felt obliged to send that how's it going message because he felt like if you just, you know, if he only messages you when it's like business, then it's kind of rude or something. And he goes like, ah, oh, I'd better ask him how things are going. And then he types out, how's it going on site, mate? <laughs> that actually would be really funny. I'm going to ask uh, him next time I see him. <laughs> Oh, that would be classic. I, one of the funniest things is when two people get caught in a dance that neither of them wants to be in. I just love it when that happens. <laughs> 
Oh, God. The, hey, hope you're doing well. Or, hi, how's everything going, by the way? That's like a classic, absolute classic. I sometimes do the how's everything going, by the way, if I'm if I'm actually actually curious about it. Yeah. If it's someone that I, I, am, I actually am close friends with and we just happen to have messaged because, you know, she uh, or he has replied to my Instagram Instagram story or something be like, oh, by the way, you know, long time no see, what's been going on? Yeah. I, I always feel that this is always suboptimal. And so like at, at some point a few months ago, I, I tried to do this thing where I would have call phone calls with people to and from work. Yeah. That didn't really materialize too well because to be honest, I just didn't really put the effort into it. But yeah. I, w- I would love for there to be and kind of in my in my calendly this 7 a.m. to 8, 8 a.m. block every morning where I can just kind of have a phone call with someone to catch up. Yeah. And that would be totally normal and non-weird. Yeah. I, would, I would love for that to be the case. Yeah, I think we talked about the phone call thing uh, in previous episodes um anyway let's move away from messaging slightly and, and start to wrap things up uh, there was a there was a thing that you said a few weeks ago on the podcast which it was deeply problematic no 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 it was good it was the <laughs> oh, opposite wow. it was actually good and i and i think back to it oh man and look i don't want i don't want to give you too much credit here you're not the first person to have said this thing it, it was something along the lines of like i think it, you, you were doing a, a spiel about how you you want to notice that the nice things in life mm. more and like I, th- I think you said that you know if you're having a nice barbecue with your friends or something it's worth just taking a moment to think that you know this is this is it man this is as good as it gets um and and this 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 whole like this is as good as it gets this is something i'm thinking about a lot because you know for example yesterday uh, when the vibes were good and the the sort of after party vibes at this dessert place and we were all hanging out and i was having a great time and i and i did think to myself this is actually it this is the pinnacle this is as good as life gets there's there is nothing more to seek uh outside of this and there's something really nice about that like that they're really you know (laughs) I feel like the default mode of operation is that like you're sort of seeking something, you know, you're striving, you're striving for something, (laughs) you know, and whatever you do, you're like striving to like get to the next thing or, you know, Mm. whatever. When, and actually like, I, 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 I genuinely think that like having fun with your friends is, it really is as good as it gets. And it's nice that anyone can experience that. And like the, the the striving is just pointless. (laughs) It's like, it's like, fine, whatever you you strive for this other stuff because maybe it's interesting or something. But when you're hanging out with your friends and you're having a good time that is it that is the pinnacle and everyone can have that and everyone and you know lots of people do have that yeah no uh, i had a very similar thing uh kind of thought process i think i think i think i might have mentioned this at some point oh well um on on this holiday recently in, in spain that i went to with some of my my uh medic friends yeah and there was uh it was, it was sort of sort of towards the end of the night we were all kind of having a having a group dmc a deep meaningful conversation at about two in the morning and we were all like all right we should probably go to bed now yeah and i was just thinking, kind of thinking that this is actually actually, actually so nice yeah and so so I kind of uh, put myself out there. I was like, guys, this is going to sound really moist, but I just <laughs> want to say that this evening has been absolutely wonderful and I've had a great time and I, and I love you all. Yeah. And like, that's why yeah. I, just, I just had to kind of get all of that out because I was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I feel like such a wet, uh, you know, wet wipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like talking about this. But I think kind of stating that and sort of taking that embarrassment on ourselves to actually put ourselves out there to state that fact yeah. is like, does add something to the group dynamic. And yeah, everyone's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I think, I think so too. Yeah. And it takes that one person to be okay with voicing what hopefully a lot of people are thinking yeah so i wonder if you had that thought process of saying it i didn't think to say it but that's actually you know i i think that that's actually really nice and i i should i should say that more often but yeah it's just it's comforting to know that life does not life actually does not get better than that (laughs) so this is something i i i've been thinking about a lot in the last two weeks because um you know the whole end of year coming up and doing like an annual review and stuff like that a lot of the productivity pros would be like you know you've got to do your annual review every year because you know you can set your goals and blah 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 
and I'm very uneasy about this whole goal setting thing yeah. because I feel, especially when it comes to setting numerical goals, yeah. which is almost by definition what you're supposed to do with the whole smart goals that you've come across, you know, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, timely, right. etc. Um, and I've got some friends who are into the whole business thing who've sort of been uh, acting as mentors, as it were, for my YouTube channel and kind of business growth and saying that, you know, what's what are your subscriber uh, milestones that you want to hit to next year, that you want to hit next year? And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to think in that way at all because, you know, it's, it's just so good right now. Like it's grown and been successful beyond my wildest dreams. And it's just great. Like yeah. what I have is more than enough. And to actively set a goal to strive for more, I can I can see why that would be valuable because it sort of sets a direction, keeps you moving along. Yeah. But I rebel a lot against even having that thought process. And mm. I think that might be... Uh, I'm tempted to say that a big part of my kind of recipe for kind of be, being generally content and being happy is not thinking about numerical goals in that sense. Yeah. And not thinking that, okay, once I get to this milestone, then I'll be happy or even that that milestone should be a thing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I back that. I, I guess your situation is a bit unusual in that you kind of have the day job and then you're kind of doing the YouTube thing on the side. And so... And, and it's all just kind of working so you actually don't really need to think too much about it and like it's you don't have any responsibility or anything right like it's completely just up to you you're basically doing this for yourself solo um i think it's different for example you know for example if if there are people depending on someone you know if you have a family if you have employees if you mm. you know have investors and, and things like that there is more of a responsibility towards you know having targets and reaching those targets and things i don't know is there because the guys who run Basecamp, for example uh that that, that's this you know as you know uh, this like 51 person software company their whole thing is the kind of also rebelling against this goal orientated mindset saying that look the the only goal is to be profitable i.e not lose money yeah and to have happy customers and happy employees right yeah and and they're doing fine because they're profitable and they're not a big company and they don't don't want to become a big company so they're doing fine like their employees are getting paid every month everyone's happy if it's a company you know early stage startup you know maybe a bit like causal where you know you want to become a billion dollar company (laughs) well i don't know uh that'd be nice but also the alternative is nice too but for example you know next year we're probably going to hire some people we're not profitable then there actually is a responsibility of okay we've told these people come work for us we'll pay you money this is you know this is going to be a good thing that we're doing here there is some responsibility towards making something happen there right Mm, and like you know even though legally our investors can't make us do anything you know there is like a i think a moral responsibility of like you know we've talk to these people they've yeah man you're right i've put money into this company or, or rather i will at some point Wait, i haven't seen a penny of that yet mate <laughs> <laughs> you keep telling me oh next month i'm good for it man i'm good for the money <laughs> I'm, I'm not very liquid right now <laughs> this is the problem yeah. i will transfer the money at some point <laughs> um but yeah i think you're you're in a, you're in a unfortunate position in that there literally is no responsibility to anyone and that's great i think other people are in positions where there are responsibilities and and that's where the whole milestone kind of stuff comes in handy i kind of see the whole realm of the, the i I feel like the striving realm of like, you know, I guess providing economic value in some way. Mm. I just see that as like a a way to pass the time. Like (laughs) you can't spend all day having dinner, you know, having dessert with your friends. Like that actually would be fun. You have to, you have to, you have to find something to pass like 80% of the time so that you can enjoy the 20% of the time where the, you know, where there's no striving required because that is already the pinnacle, which Mm. is just hanging out with other people. Yeah. And if you, if you actually enjoy the 80% of passing the time, even better. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're even 
even a high pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a high pinnacle, but that's, yeah. Yeah, I just see the striving thing as like, it, I think it's fine to strive. It kind of, it keeps things interesting. It passes the time, you know, <laughs> but there is something comforting about knowing that there is no high mountain to be, to be reached or anything like that. Then having you, dessert with your mates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have experienced the, uh, the, the pinnacle. The, of, the pinnacle of human. Human-like pleasure. <laughs> pinnacle of the human existence. Yeah, yeah. Of the, or, or, or uh, what's a tagline? Oh, human condition, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And in a way, that's sort of like that sort of old adage that now gets uh, scoffed on by the tech community, the, the tech bros, which is, you know, um, work hard in the nine to five so you can enjoy the five to nine. And Who says that? That's like a thing. It's like a thing that encourages people who don't enjoy their jobs to, you know, just kind of grit and bear it because you're working oh, in I order see. to live. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously all the tech bros don't want this because, you know, obviously that's suboptimal. You want to enjoy the nine to five as well. Yeah. <laughs> and you shouldn't be doing the nine to five purely so you can live the five to nine. But, yeah. you know, there, I think I think there is some, some kind of truth in that. Yeah, mate. But obviously it's a it's a more optimal kind of life if you can enjoy all of it rather than feeling that you have to suffer through eight hours of the day in order to enjoy four hours of the day. Yeah, sure. And I think that's a good good place to end this. So any uh, insights of the week apart from all the things we've already discussed? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have any particular insights. Just the stuff we've kind of discussed and... Yeah, I think I think the thing we talked about about having like varied social interactions is good. So, for example, we're about to go and hang out with our cousins in Birmingham uh, for like a you know, sleepover kind of thing. And again, that's a very different vibe to like having dinner and, and stuff like that. Mm. And it's all nice and it's all great. There was an insight that I came across this week. Oh, was it this week was it last week? Doesn't matter. It was it was the Farnham Street podcast episode where he was talking with that Esther, sex therapist or relationship therapist or there was a sex therapist one a few months ago. There was a one recently with Esther something. Oh, Oh yeah, who de- who deals with like like relationship counseling or marriage counseling? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, yeah. So there was a, a there was there was like a throwaway thing that she said that I'd never quite appreciated before. And you know, I've been th- thinking a lot from my, from my armchair about this whole idea of marriage. And people say that when you get married, then the sex life sort of goes out the window after a while. Okay. Um, because you kind of get get into running the small business of raising kids and you know all that yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I've read about this this thing, you know, as an armchair expert on the topic. <laughs> Uh, has been about trying to avoid this sort of, you know, trying to keep the passion going, as it were, but also recognizing that actually, you know, it's inevitably going to fade. So don't worry about it. You know, don't abandon a relationship just because the spark isn't quite there. But what this Esther person said in this in this podcast is that like when it, I, th- I think the question that Shane Parrish asked was uh, is, is is that his name? Shane yes. Parrish. <laughs> I think the question that Shane Parrish asked was something like, how do you uh, how, so essentially how do you maintain an active sex life during during marriage or during like a very long term relationship? Okay. And Esther said that, look, man, there's uh, let's imagine you're having a meal. Uh, one way of doing it is kind of like taking the time to set the table nicely, to prepare the food, to kind of kind of like put the effort into making it a nice kind of experience. And then you have the meal and you have some good wine or some like tea that matches to go with it and that's a very different sort of experience um so imagine that on the on the on the one hand and on the other hand imagine uh, chopping a tomato <laughs> Okay. And she was saying that sex is sort of like, it can be like chopping a tomato in that it's purely, it, it can just be the physical action of chopping the tomato. Right. But actually there is a whole different realm of it, which is kind of the experience design where you have like a nice bedroom and you kind of set the mood and this and that. And it becomes a sort of, it becomes like arranging a nice meal. Okay. And I'd never quite appreciated that sort of analogy before that you can sort of manufacture these sorts of environments to help get the outcome that you want versus just kind of doing the thing. Wait, wait, wait. How abstract are we talking here? Like is the meal... The 
the wider project of marriage or is the meal still the sort of the sexual aspect, you know, uh, the sexual aspect of marriage and the tomatoes? Like, All right. I'm how gonna abstract are you talking here? We're going to take the explicit content thing. Basically, <laughs> the, the tomato bit is the physical act of having sex. Okay. <laughs> and the uh, creating a nice experience around it is like, you know, making sure the bedroom is clean, like sort of turning it into a sort of uh, a more kind of designed experience. Okay, sure. Rather than, you know, we're just going to get into our dirty bedroom. We're just going to kind of yeah. do the business. And then we're gonna, we're, we're do gonna the deed. Over. <laughs> you're gonna roll over and fall asleep yeah right so that's that's what you meant by that and so that was one point that i hadn't quite thought about i was like oh, okay that those are two very very different things although just kind of in my head i hadn't really considered that secondly there was an episode of the tim ferris show where he was interviewing gary keller who is like this old business coach type of guy who wrote this book called the one thing which is all about kind of finding the one thing in life that that, that you can do and and the question that he advocates we ask every day is what's the one thing i can do that will make everything else on my to-do list either irrelevant or much easier yeah and what Gary was saying in this episode um, is that you should think about this one thing idea in different different sort of contexts. Like, what's the one thing I can do to improve my relationship with my mom? And he gives the example of how his mom really likes basketball. So he bought her a, you know, every year buys her the ESPN basketball subscription. And now they watch basketball together. And that was a single thing that markedly improved their relationship. Yeah. Um, but he also talks a lot about kind of envir- environment design. And this is something that I don't think about mm. enough. And he, the quote, the thing that Tim Ferriss said was like, yeah, there's no point being the best captain in the rough seas that you've created for yourself yeah and that got me thinking about this sort of link to what esther was saying about tidying your room <laughs> sort of what jordan peterson said about t- classic tidying your room that was yeah. like damn there is actually so much value in sort of having like a yeah. decent environment and when i kind of stumbled across these two podcasts just coincidentally uh, in in succession i was start- I, I, st- I started to realize just how much environmental design plays in my own productivity and getting stuff done like when my desk is clean and the living room is nice yeah it just feels so much more better to get get stuff done and when yeah. i go to when i go to the gym that has a nice cafe it just feels so much better yeah whereas you know normally i live with camera gear out this and that like you know mugs on the desk and in the short term it feels like it's not doing anything but actually yeah yeah, yeah. There's so much long-term value in cleaning your room <laughs> yeah i think aesthetics matter absolutely yeah so that was my insight for the week all righty oh should we uh, end by reading a review sure for some reason we only seem to have 36 ratings on apple podcasts so guys if you're watching this please uh that's not true oh maybe it's oh you can change your dude okay use all right this is gonna be boring for listeners go on chartable.com yeah log in there dashboard that aggregates everything if you go on the review section you can see the total number of ratings we've had you can see every single review so you can see like you know this is all the numbers oh nice okay so we've got 178 reviews and 999 ratings oh really yeah 999 have you have you have you have you rated the podcast yet i I don't think i have okay rate the podcast i still i don't know how to rate podcasts mate go on Go on the podcast app that's built into your iPhone and rate it there. Anyway, um, here's one uh, from uh, Nuck, who is from Singapore, posted on the 14th of December. I thoroughly enjoy Ali's content and was directed here as I view his YouTube channel regularly. Ugh. The podcast is extremely entertaining. I usually only listen to podcasts while commuting. However, this podcast is so good that I would intentionally plan long walks and commutes to consume more of it. Thanks for the great content. Many themes discussed are very relevant pertaining to the human condition, which actually do sound really pretentious. However, I assure you that they dish out valuable insights at crazy rates. Additionally, you know these discussions are genuine and well thought out with the intent to help others. This podcast has certainly enriched my life. Oh, thank you very much. Nuck 13438281818 via Apple Podcasts from Singapore. That is very nice to hear and a lovely note to end on. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.